ideal guilty pleasure. Hello there, it's Rob McLean and Ali Defoy, Barry Ferguson and Charlie Mulgrew on the Go Radio Football Show for a Wednesday night between now and seven o'clock. It is football talk all the way through. Barry enjoyed it so much on Monday. He's come back for more, haven't you? Yep, I loved it on Monday. Um, as I, I said, on Monday it's a, a new team, um, new beginning. So that's the reason why I'm back tonight. And while we were away, of course, in the course of last night's show, uh, Rangers spent about six million in about six hours with uh, Kemar Roof and Cedric Itten. We're not too sure about the surname, but he's definitely Cedric. Now, what do you think about those two signings? Um, I've got to be honest with you, I think Roof is a very good signing. Seen him plenty of times for Leeds. Um, thought he was very, very impressive. Um, so, hence the fact I think he'll be a, a top signing for Rangers. Uh, Cedric, I don't know too much about him. Um, I know he's six foot two, six foot three, which may be a, a different way for Steven Gerrard to go forward. Maybe a plan B, maybe hitting the ball long a wee bit. But listen, two good signings, and certainly the board of of back to manager. There haven't been too many Cedrics at Rangers, I don't, don't imagine, um, over the years. But in terms of uh, Kemar Roof, Charlie, uh, you've played against him. Yeah, I played against him in Boxing Day last year. Um, really good striker, scored a lot of goals in the Championship. Did you have him in your back pocket? Um, not really, no. I, <laughs> <laughs> we were 2 1 up getting into the last, the last couple of minutes, and he, he, scored, he scored one, possibly two. So. Um, Aye, very good player, scored a lot of goals in the Championship and he's somebody that the Rangers fans can look forward to seeing. And is he a number nine? I, I always seen him as a striker, right up top, um, holds the ball in well, got a bit of, got a bit of pace and aye, good player, no, no, knows how to find a goal. So if Kemar Roof is a number nine, Barry, and Cedric Itton is a central striker as well, does that tell us something about what's going to happen here with Alfredo Morales? Yeah, possibly. Um, I, I think Rangers will hold out for top money um, for Morelos. Um, but with the manager bringing in two centre forwards, the writing does look on the on the wall for uh, Morelos. I would still like to see him remain a Rangers player. I do still think he's a top centre forward when he's fully fit. But is what happened yesterday Rangers have spent over £6 million in, in two centre forwards so um, I think Rangers will at this moment in time probably look to offload Morelos Charlie six years at Celtic um, five titles I think you were there for the first of what Celtic are hope is going to be ten in a row is that right? That's right aye, aye. Um, the first year I was there we didn't win it we, we lost it in the last day and then we won the next five after that and are they going to make it to the, the Magic 10? <laughs> uh, I can't see any reason why not. Um, they're looking strong. You saw them at the weekend there. Very strong. Edward up front, as long as they can hold on to him, I think mm. they're looking very, very strong. And um, The Rangers are stronger this year as well, so it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Spells for you, Aberdeen and Dundee United. Down south with Wolves and Southend and Wigan at various times. Currently at Blackburn. You're into the final year of your contract with Blackburn Rovers. Tony Mowbray in charge there um, in the English Championship. Um, are you going to play for a few years more? Is that the plan? I'm going to keep going as long as I can. Um, I feel good. I've not any, we talked about it earlier there. I've not had any real bad injuries, serious injuries. I've had a couple, a couple of niggles here and there, so I feel good. I'll see how we go. Year by year now for me, and, and I'll just see how long I can go for. Obviously, you're not playing at the moment. English Championship isn't happening at yep. the moment. Does that mean uh, you won't be involved for Scotland against Israel? 
I'm not sure. Um, as I say, I, I won't retire for Scotland. I'll, I'll always make myself available. Whether the manager thinks that he wants players that have been playing and, and the SPL has been playing, um, will be playing, building up to their games. So um, I'm available and we'll see what happens. I don't know if I'll be playing pre-season games between now and then. We'll just need to see what happens. But I'm available and, and, and I'll be ready if, if called upon. How, have you enjoyed it with Stevie Clark in charge? Yeah, he's been very good. Very impressed with his coaching. Uh, one of the best coaches I've worked under. And um, I think he'll get it right. Just needs um, a wee bit of time, and, and I think it's the future's bright. It's amazing to think that game is pretty close now. We're getting closer by the moment, Barry. Scotland against Israel, and it's absolutely massive, isn't it? It is massive. But Rob, if I'm being honest, I'm excited about this this Scotland team. Um, we've mentioned it a few times on the show. The, the the players that are, are available to Stevie Clark are, are playing at a high high level. Um, you just need to look at Andy Robertson. Premier League winner Kieran Tierney just won the FA Cup and then I could rhyme off four or five top class midfielders um, so it's Let, let's, rhyme, let's rhyme them off McGinn Armstrong McTominay Billy Gilmer yep I think you can join, in, know if, you can join uh, in Charlie McLean uh, yeah Kenny McLean I don't know if Charlie agrees with me I, I know he's only just broke onto the scene Billy Gilmer but for me I think this boy could become top class um, to break into a Chelsea team at that age with the, the players that they've got in the midfield um, and a wee bit of coaching from Frank Lampard on the side who, won't do him any harm will it? He was not a bad midfielder himself I, I think he could be the main man for Scotland in, in years to come so I, I'm excited for these games coming up I, I know a lot of the, the players have, I'll not have a lot of games under their belt but Exciting times for Scotland and Steve Clark that Charlie just mentioned. We've got the right guy for me. Done a fantastic job at Kilmarnock. You speak to plenty of players who have been coached under him and they say his coaching is excellent and his man management is excellent. So it all, all looks good for Scotland. And when you go further forward, you've got the likes of Forrest and Fraser out wide. You've got Stevie Naismith and you've got Lee Griffiths. Hopefully he's fit and firing in time. You've got I mean, he's not everybody's cup of tea, but Ollie McBurney has had a pretty good spell with Sheffield United, hasn't he? Um, scoring goals for them in the in the Premier League at a, at a good level. So yep. it's it's a, it's a it's a fair old squad, Charlie, isn't it? It is. I mean, when you start you start talking about the players there, you just see the quality that's there. And I agree with, with Barry. They're talking about Billy Gilmore. Ka- talk- Callum McGregor's another one we didn't mention from midfield as well. There you go. But but the only thing I would say about Billy Gilmore is is who would you drop to put him in the team? Do you know what I mean? At this moment in time, mm. with the strength we mentioned. Um, he's still got a bit of time he's still got time in his side um, but he's, he's going to be a top player but as you mentioned Jamesy Jamesy Forrest top player Ryan Fraser as well top winger and, and McBurnley's been, been banging him in for Sheffield United I just think he maybe needs a wee bit more time to get used to international and, and get used to the way Steve Clark wants me to play and I think that there's, there's great options there Has it taken a while for Stevie Clark to, to get a grip of the squad get a grip of the team because the problem with international football of course is that you don't get much time with the players to work with the players and maybe there was an adjustment early on for him Barry in not having that day to day relationship um, and it's more about motivational isn't it than, mm-hmm. than anything else because you have limited time with the players Yeah I think you're spot on Rob um, international level I played it myself and obviously Charlie has as well you don't get a lot of time on the on the training ground which I'll be strange to Stevie Clark because he was used to being with the players every single day at Kilmarnock 
Um, so that will be maybe a frustration that you can't get them and work on certain things. But in that nine or ten days they're together, I'm sure they'll do a lot of shape and they'll, they'll get into the way that Steve Clark wants to play. And he, he was, I think, he was most people's ideal choice, wasn't he, uh, Charlie? At the time when the when the job came up, I mean, he's the one that most people wanted in there because it, it was as if he waved a bit of a magic wand at Kilmarnock because with the greatest of respect um, that, that was a fairly ordinary looking squad and he, he turned it into a, a really strong team yeah, he did an unbelievable job there um, you only need to look at what they'd done the season before he came and then he comes in and, and, and done what he'd done um, you could see straight away that he had the, the players on side and you he, he, he could see with the, the way they played they, was, they were well coached and well drilled and you were saying there there's, there's not a lot of time and I, and I do know what you mean because day to day at a club you've, you've got them every day but in that ten days, you've got, we were doing double sessions with Steve Clark, and he and he, and he really did get his message across. Um, that was the one thing I was impressed by. He, he he's a very good coach, especially without the ball. So um, I think over time, when he finds his, his settled team and he, he moves forward, it'll be it'll be good. And it can be an excuse to lean on that one as well, isn't it? Because other international managers are in exactly the same boat, and they make it work. Yeah, but I, I'm more than positive that Stevie Clark will make it work. As Charlie just mentioned there, you hear um, certain players talking about the way he coaches and Charlie just says there, obviously they're doing double sessions. So he's, he's going to get his point across, I mean, that's 18 to 20 sessions. So, I mean, he's had a great upbringing in terms of what clubs he's been at and what clubs he's coached. Um, so no, it's it's exciting times for Scotland. I really think in the next couple of years we can see eventually as getting to a, a major championships, which every Scotland fan's craving just now. Central defence has been a problem area for for Scotland, hasn't it? Because we're not exactly awash with options there, Charlie. Yeah, when you compare the level that, that, that people are playing at in that area compared to the other areas of midfield, it's, it's very strong. So. Um, that's one area where, where Steve Clark also needs to find a strong partnership and uh, McKenna's played there I've played there Cooper's now in the Premier League um, so he needs to find probably a combination there along with a goalkeeper mm-hmm. and let it just go and just and, 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 and let it settle find the way he wants to do it get a partnership and then let it go but um, I think I think he'll do that, and it'll, that maybe takes time because it's sometimes when a national, he may have a players in mind, he may have two centre halves in mind, and before you know it, you're onto your mm. third and fourth choice, and with injuries and people pulling out and stuff, so um, it's not easy. We have uh, Charlie McGrew with us. We have Barry Ferguson with us. Uh, we will have you with us if you want to get in touch. Oh eight oh eight seventeen seventeen seven hundred. Um, on the text eight seven four seven four and on the socials at Go Football Show. Um, Charlie, you, you're in the midst of obviously the COVID testing at, at Blackburn. How, how does that whole process work? We were getting tested twice a week. So when we first came in, we were getting tested on the Sunday. Um, and you'd either play the Tuesday or you would just train the Tuesday and then you would get tested again on the Thursday before the Saturday game you get your results back on the Friday before the before the Saturday game and then you would just be that would be you and what exactly does does the test entail and I should say at this point if you're in the middle of your tea uh, put down the knife and fork for a moment as uh, Charlie goes into a little bit of detail about what actually happens it's just a long cotton bud and it goes down the back of your throat to the left hand side as far as you can go and then to the other side for three seconds each then the same cotton bud up your nose to kind of go any further then up the other side 
to kind of go any further. So when I'm not my nose, it disappeared because my nose is that big. <laughs> <laughs> there have been a few lost in there. Barry, your eyes were watering a bit there when he was going into detail. I'm the same as Charlie. I've got a, a, well, a, a big and a bent nose, so they would have no problem going up with the, the cotton bud in my nose. <laughs> but it's a strange old time, isn't it? And I mean, obviously, what we've heard today is is about the Aberdeen going back towards a, a lockdown situation. You'd a spell, of course, yourself up at up at Petondry. Uh, we hear it's not going to affect the games immediately. St Johnston uh, is happening in Perth for Aberdeen on Saturday. They're at home to Hamilton uh, on the Wednesday night. Um, how how's that all going to work? How, what, how do you make that safe for the football club? I don't know. I mean, it's not what you want to hear, is it? You want to hear just everything's getting back to normal and the football's starting and everybody's just it's getting closer to normality. But um, when things like that happen, it takes a wee step backwards. But I'm sure they'll make it work. They'll have all the stuff in place and I'm not sure how much of the, the city's locked down but I'm sure they'll make it work and make it safe for the players especially if they've been tested if everybody inside the stadium has been tested then there's no reason why the game shouldn't go ahead for me We'll be getting questions for the, the peer review in the course of the Go Radio Football show uh, that number again just in case you didn't get it scribbled down 0808 17 17 700 on the text 87474 and on the socials at Go Football Show we've got some questions already uh, tweeted and sent to us on Instagram etc earlier on and uh, one one here is really going to have you scratching your head Barry because it goes back in time uh, Gary on Insta asks uh, Barry, should Rangers have started Novo in the UEFA Cup final instead of Darshville? I thought you weren't going to ask me that. <laughs> Actually, before the show started, um, look, Darshville was a good player for us. There's no doubt. And Zenit were a powerful team, and Darshville was a powerful centre forward. I can understand people saying about Nacho. Nacho scored a lot of goals. Um, for Rangers but we had a certain way playing under under Walter and Walter liked the, the powerful type up front and that's what Darsville was um, it's ok looking back and saying that it made a difference at the end of the day I've always been open and honest we weren't good enough in the final I mean leading up to the final and the um, the quarter final and the semi final we deserved to go through but when we got to that final we didn't produce the levels that we produced in the, the previous round so would it have made a difference who knows but as I had mentioned there Walter had the set way of playing and, and Darfield was, was key to that Talking of UEFA Cup final um, we will have Rob Douglas with us later on the, the former Celtic goalkeeper who of course featured on the, the road to Seville and uh, played in the UEFA Cup final against Porto we'll speak to him about that and about other things later on a question, an early question here to Charlie from David who says what was your favourite moment at Celtic? Um, the result against Barcelona always sticks up for me uh, a lot of preparation around that game we were, I think it was 125th year anniversary for the club um, unbelievable atmosphere and we went and won the game um, I remember we went 2-0 up in the game and um, Neil Lennon turned around to the, the assistant manager and said I'll take a draw here and that was on the 85th minute or something so we were delighted to, to, to win that game and it was some experience Let's get a question from Regan on the line for Charlie. Do we have uh, Regan, who's uh, dialed through to the Goat Radio Football Show? Regan, hello there. Uh, hi there, how are you doing? Good, thanks. How are you? How are you, Regan? Yeah, I'm doing good, eh? What's your question for Charlie? Uh, so I just want to ask Charlie, uh, uh, Charlie, have you got any plans to come back to Scotland to play? Um, 
I was talking about this earlier. I'm not sure what, what what my plan is. I've got a year left at Blackburn, and I'm I'm seeing what happens. I probably I'll probably leave Blackburn. There's a chance I could leave this year, um, and if I, an option comes up in Scotland, then I'll, I'll look at it. But it's something I've definitely not um, I've definitely not ruled out. So um, hopefully. Hopefully it can happen, or maybe in a year, year's time, or two, two years' time. Who knows? Um, it's something that's in the back of my mind somewhere, but um, it could be an option soon. Would you like to see him okay. come back, Regan? Yeah, I mean, uh, Celtic are needing a centre half, and I think Charlie would be great, 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 great option for Neil Lennon. Can you phone Peter Lowell for me? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like Regan could be your agent. Strike, strike you a little deal. Um, but I mean, you've you've played just about every outfield position on the pitch, haven't you? I have I um, the older I've got I've kind of more settled in at centre half but I never really settled in a position even at Celtic played everywhere so um, uh, Jack of all trades master of none but <laughs> I've seen a half now so um, aye um, something I would consider coming back up we have Charlie McGrew with us we have Barry Ferguson with us Rob McLean and Ali Defoy on the Go Radio Football Show get in touch with us 0808 17 17 700 the Goal Radio Football Show. I think we've all been crying out for this, haven't we? The chance on a daily basis to have two hours of football chat. It goes where it goes, and you can dictate the agenda because you can fire in your question 0808 17 17 700 on the text 87474 on the socials at Go Football Show. Later on, we'll be hearing from uh, former Celtic goalkeeper Rob Douglas, and we will also be talking to the St Mirren manager Jim Goodwin. So if you've uh, questions for either of those fire them in, it's Rob McLean, it's Ali Defoy, it's Barry Ferguson and it's Charlie Mulgrew in the studio they uh, can't wait you should see the delight on their faces, they can't wait for your questions, in fact we've got a caller, Ali, right now Yeah, Lee and Kirkcaldy is on the line, Lee, how you doing? I know bad just a quick question for Barry How you doing Lee? I know bad, uh, just to say wonderful job you're doing at Kelly Hassel hope you get your promotion this season and That's just nice. to say what do you think Lewis do you honestly think he's ready to step up to Rangers my honest opinion I, I do he's, that's two seasons now he's he's had at Aberdeen um, obviously he made the transition from Hamilton up there um, and he's became a regular under under Derek McInnes and um, I, I do think that he could go and, and play at the, the top level in, in football Um as I said, he's got a good level of consistency. He's got a really good head on his shoulders in terms of he knows that he needs to continue to try and work hard at his game. So, yep, I do think he's he's ready to make that step if a club like Rangers comes in for him. Do you like him, Lee, I as a player? Uh, I'll, I'll just... Well, Barry's my favourite player. Midfielder for Rangers, eh? So I'd love to see Lewis step up to Rangers. His dad wasn't bad either. But then I'm saying um, Lewis's dad wasn't a bad player either, was he? I know he's got Rangers in his blood. That family's got Rangers in their blood, so I think Lewis will take his game to the next level. Just coming to Rangers alone, and he's still only twenty. Um, best years ahead of him, uh, Lewis Ferguson. Do you talk to him much, Barry? Do you give him much advice? Yep, he's he's good friends with my my middle son Kyle. Um, he, he was down over the the summer over a lockdown when he was allowed to come in. Let me let me just say that. Um, but again, he doesn't get carried away with the speculation because there's been a lot of speculation whether it's been Rangers or Celtic or clubs down down south. He's 
as I said, he's got a real level head on his shoulders. He knows that he needs to continue to work. He knows he needs to play week in, week out, which I think is important at that age. You see quite a, a lot of younger kids um, at 20, 21 moving to bigger clubs then maybe getting left out and, and not playing regular. So he's certainly doing that under Derek McInnes up there. And if a, if a club does come in the size of Rangers, I, I'm sure they would need to pay big money for him because I know Derek rates him highly. Have you seen much of him, Charlie? Lewis Ferguson, would you think he'll be battering on that Scotland squad door maybe quite soon as well? I'm going to be honest, I've only seen him a couple of times and the big times I've seen him, he was very good, so very impressed with him. Um, so, uh, as I say, I've only seen him the, the two times, so I don't know him better than me, but um, just needs to work hard, keep his head down, and, and, and the move will come as long as he's concentrating in his game, and as I said, he's got the attitude, that's the, that's the main thing for me. And how would, how would you describe him, Barry, as a player? How, how, would, how would he compare to you in terms of style? Um, I was just saying to Charlie off air, he's a different type of midfielder he, what you kind of see the, the young midfielders coming through just now that like to get on the ball and, and pass it. He can do that, but he's really aggressive as well, which, which I like that side to him. Um, he's not scared to get into a tackle. He's no scared to run off the, the, the centre forward when Derek McInnes plays him that further forward. Um, and he, he's got a goal in him as well. So he can play the holding midfielder and he can play that attacking role as well. And as I say, he, he likes to mix it up with, with his fellow central midfielders. He's, he's not scared to, to put his foot in, that's for sure. Lee was wishing you well with Kelty Hearts. How much uh, adapting for you did that take to move into football at that level? having sampled it at the top table? Yeah, a lot of people I get asked this question quite a lot. Um, it is because you're used to playing at a high level and and um, playing with, with, with top level players. But I wasn't scared to make that transition, Rob. Um, I knew it was going to be difficult, but there's a lot of good players at that level. Um, certainly at Kelty, we've attracted players that have played Championship and League One level. Um, and they're a, they're a great bunch to, to coach and, and certainly it's a, a great club because when I, when I left Clyde I was out of the game for 15 months and I kind of fell out of love with it if I'm being honest with you and I wasn't interested in going back into the coaching side of it, but football's been my life and Kelty gave me that opportunity and I've got to say that the general manager and the committee there are, are really ambitious and driven which, which I like and they're desperate to get their club into the, the SPFL and I know there's been a lot of people speaking about the money that we spend. It's not what people um, say out there. There has been a bit of investment, there's no doubt about that, because you need to put a bit of money in to try and get better players. But things are going well. We're just a bit disappointed that we didn't get up after winning the league last year. You're listening to Go Radio Football Show. Thanks to Lee and Kirkcaldy for his question. Next up, Rab on the line. Hi, Rab. Hello, Rab. Hi there. Hello, what would you like to say? How are we getting on? What are you on? What are we on the night? We're on the Go Radio Football Show and so are you at the moment. What's, <laughs> Thanks very much. What's your point? I think you're talking to Rab Douglas. I'm, oh, sorry, Rab. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. I love that. Right. Okay, let, let, let's, re uh, let's redo the intro. <laughs> we have a football legend. Well, sorry, There's maybe we Rab for the Gordons. <laughs> <isn't it? laughs> no, no, no. So sorry about that, Rab. It's Big Rab. Yeah, I wouldn't mess with Big Rab. No, I know. I'll tell you. I know. I know. Thankfully, you're not in the studio beside me, or I might have taken a right hook at that point. Rab, nice to nice to have you on the programme. 
Thanks very much. My point is how Sergi getting on with the goalkeeper that he signed. Oh, Rob, how are you doing, big man? All right? No bad, you? Yep, good. No, I've no, obviously, we've not been back in training yet, Rob, but yeah. he's um, he's been doing the runs, and I'll be honest with you, he's looking fit. He's been sending me his runs in every week, so on your recommendation, that's why why we signed him. Ah, he's a good lad. He's a good lad. He just was unfortunate. Both stats came in and done really well, so mm-hmm. uh, he'll do well for you. Rob, five years at Celtic, two spells at Dundee. You were at Leicester for a while. More recently, four for our both. Um, how old were you when you played your last game? And have you played your last game? I think so, yeah. I had a clean sheet at hand in at 45 and a half. So hey. I think that's, uh, that's the way to go. We beat Queen's Park, so um, I played a one-game wonder for our both. So that's as good as it will get for me. How were the old reflexes? Uh, no, I think we are gone. We are <laughs> definitely gone now. What about your your five years at Celtic? What what are the special memories of that time? Would would the road to Seville be be the highlight? I, obviously, without a shadow of a doubt, I think at the first game when we played Sudova, um, we thought we would get to a final. You know, so obviously it's disappointing it wasn't the final. Um, you've got to remember how good Porto were and they went on to win the Champions League the following year. But great times and great memories. Yeah, I mean, I, I was. I was commentating for the BBC at the time and I think BBC did practically every game on that road I mean you know you beat Blackburn with Graham Souness in charge uh, beat Liverpool Stuttgart Celta Vigo um, Boa Vista who else yep. Rob? Sudova uh, I think that was us yeah was that, that a lot so I mean that's a lot of big scalps to take on the way I mean no, well, what, what team that was? Uh, yeah it was a great team they didn't really know when we were beat but to think that year we ended up with no trophies out of four, you know. Um, but to have the journey, obviously, getting to Seville, certainly, it's here for all the fans to enjoy. But obviously, nobody remembers runners up to a certain degree. Yeah, but it was just such an amazing occasion, wasn't it? Um, I mean, how how many Celtic fans in Seville? I think between eighty and a hundred thousand. They reckon. I mean, it was absolutely staggering. You know, the demand to get there. You know, um, but again. Every other, every other round, probably apart from the first round, we were written off. So um, it was always an enjoyable to go and um, keep keep letting people eat their words, so to speak. You know, it was um, it was incredible. When I think Blackburn and Liverpool both thought they'd done enough when they came to Celtic Park, and obviously I went down there and turned them both over. So it was good. I seem to remember Graham Souness had some of his words rammed back down his throat on that occasion. Yeah, so, uh, wasn't it? The, you know, men against boys. What's uh, in Blackburn had plenty of possession and were probably neater and tidier than us in the night at Celtic Park. But to go down there and win comfortably, it, it just shows you, you know, it, that gives team ammunition for uh, your team talk, etc. Barry will be able to tell you that as well, you know. There's nothing better than uh, somebody writing you off. We have a current uh, Blackburn central defender with us in the studio in, in Charlie McGrew do you remember those games that Celtic run to Seville Charlie? I was just thinking there We I was on the staff there I was 16 or 17 and we all get the club paid for everybody to go to Seville and uh, I packed all my stuff to go the boys were got to trash first and then travelling straight at 4 in the morning to Seville <laughs> so I packed good all my stuff buzzing shut iron ready to go couldn't find my passport Looked everywhere, couldn't fight. Didn't get it. Sat in the house, bags packed. Never watched the, never, never got to go. Watched the game on the TV. Where was the passport? True story. Never ever found it. And trash. Still no going. <laughs> I've not been abroad since. Did someone not want you to have it and hit it? 
I don't know. No, no, no. It wasn't one of them. No, because I didn't have a I didn't have a missus at the time. So um, <laughs> I wasn't meaning that. I just meant I don't know. That's something. I, that's something my missus would do. But I, oh, I don't know. <laughs> Let's just, move on. Um, <laughs> just saying to Rob. But obviously, was talking about that that run to Seville. See the the teams in the late 1990s, early 2000s, both Rangers and Celtic. They were two unbelievable football teams in terms of the players they they had in the the teams. But the biggest thing was the the mentality. Both teams. I, I don't know if Rab agrees with me, but the the games that we used to play against each other. I mean, we could win the game easily one week, then we would go back and play them six or seven weeks later, and Celtic would trounce us. It was two fantastic teams, fully fantastic players and big big characters. Did you ever have a kick at Rab? Uh, that's like a couple of kicks at Rab, but he's too big, Rab. Isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> it's not a great idea, is it, Rab? Do you remember him having a wee nip at you? No, I don't. Not that I can remember of. Not that I can remember of. But it just shows you, it is, it's the competitiveness, as Barry says, um, the, the quality. It wasn't just the, the starting 11. I think it was the quality right through the squads as well. It was, mm. was a testament uh, back then as well, you know. But th- those were massive matches, weren't they? I mean, just th- just even the two Battle of Britain games um, for Celtic against Blackburn and Liverpool, incredible. And, and Celtic beat two really good teams, plus all the rest, of course, on the way to Seville. Charlie. Yeah. Aye, aye. They were, they were ma- I remember working at some of the games. I was, as I say, on the staff, so I was putting the boots out and just to be even part of that and, and see the players that are coming in, a Celtic Park and um, uh, the Liverpool players and Michael Owen was there at the time. They had some teams, so um, the Blackburn players and, and, and the run was brilliant. So, um, aye, that was unbelievable. That running for Celtic it was massive games and, and brilliant times. Do you remember some special saves, Rob? I think for me, I was a Liverpool fan growing up. Kenny Douglas was my all-time hero. Uh, Neville Southall was my favourite goalie, but having a clean seat at Anfield, I think uh, Stephen Gerrard, the first strike in the corner that never went in, so that was... Going down there and getting a clean sheet's great for me, you know. Um, obviously not just myself, the whole team, but the back four who works so hard, it's not just the goalie. And when you've got Henrik in the team, anything's possible? Well, you, you look at your front line, if you've got Henrik... Um, sort of a big John Harpson you know John's goal down at Liverpool as well you know no goalie saving that yeah it was an absolute belter wasn't it um, uh, coming back up to date Rob um, obviously you'll be interested to see what sort of goalkeeper uh, Vasilis Barkas is the new signing from AEK Athens um, he'll have to be pretty good to match up to Fraser Forster won't he yeah it'll be interesting to see what kind of style he is um, he's obviously got a fair experience for his age but um Personally, I would like to see Big Foster back. I think I think he knew what Celtic was about, and it, it was a it suited him. I think he came back last year and was absolutely immense, you know. Um, but again, he's maybe got a chance to to relight his career down at Southampton, so he's maybe made that decision. But at the end of the day, I'm interested to see how the new one is. See, having a see for me, see when you've got a top goalkeeper, I'm sure Rab will agree, and so will Charlie. It, that's 12 to 15 points a season for me when you've got a guy uh, and goals that you can really trust like for Fraser Foster last year that I'll just touch on what Rab said the cup final the league cup final uh-huh. he won Celtic them that 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 cup for me he was he was immense and similarly what Rangers have got just now Alan McGregor he's he's a massive player for, for uh, Rangers so it'll be interesting to see what the new goalkeeper's like because they've splashed what was it four and a half million pound yeah it's a lot of money, but I think Fraser Foster will be a massive miss 
for Celtic. Do you feel for Scott Bain, uh, the position he's in at the moment? Rab obviously played on Sunday, but he's got the giant shadow of Barkas hanging over him, uh, and they haven't paid that sort of money to have the guy sitting on the bench. So, um, in terms of Scott Bain, I guess it's going, going, gone. Well, listen, it was very similar to myself. Magnus came in, um, and for Magnus having the reputation, he didn't play as much as I think everybody expected. You've got to look. Scott Bain might come in and might play the first half dozen games and Lenny might just run with him for a while uh, and let the goalie come in when he's ready, get him bedded in and hopefully hits the ground running. But as Barry says, the cup final for me, I think Big Fraser built one that still never went in that day and that's when you know, especially been a goalie, that your luck's in. And, um, he was outstanding and I think he will, he will be a big loss. But um, well, it'll be interesting to see what happens with his career as well. Did you have difficult times uh, at Celtic at all? Did you have managers that you fell out with, um, you know, and who maybe didn't see it from your point of view? Oh, I had Martin O'Neill for four and a half years. Listen, being a goalie, if I make a mistake, it's a goal. If it's the same with goalie. If Didi is under his foot, it's a throw-in. Um, I had a, a couple of howlers, you know, and there's no hiding place. But there's one thing I was always prepared to try and make my make my stake my claim for my place next week, you know, and. Um, I played a fair amount of games under Celtic, but like I say, um, there's no hiding place near a goalie. What was he like, Martin O'Neill, as manager? Uh, great, strong, strong in the dressing room, a great leader. Um, you, you saw the calibre of players he was bringing to Celtic at the time, you know, um, Lenny and Big Johnny, guys like that. A great, great motivator, looked after the squad, and uh, sometimes let the squad get on in the dressing room as well. You know, he, he could... Um, it could be good in the goalies as well when, if you flogged a goal, certainly. What about Celtic this season, Rob? Um, is there any stopping them as they look to get to 10? I think when you look at the start of the season, the, the one thing Celtic have had over a few years has been the consistency um, and the relentlessness, um, which Rangers have never matched. It'll be interesting to see what signings are made before the window closes in both teams, but I still can't see by Celtic, to be honest. And are we going to see a Rob Douglas come back? You're only 48. No, I think those days are maybe the star sixes with Fergie. That we're quite a good team. We've got a good bond in the star sixes. We're good at that. Um, Listen, certainly we've got a good team bonding night. That's for sure. But if there's no Scotland, there's no party. That's one thing. You know, all stuff or not, everybody's on great, and uh, I think we were a credit to to the tournaments that we took part in. Rob, good to have you on the Go Radio Football Show and you'll forgive me for having introduced you as our latest caller on the show. It I'll, was phone a- in, I'll phone in with a call. <laughs> ah, exactly, exactly. Not the caller, he was actually one of our star guests, former Celtic goalkeeper Rob Douglas on the Go Radio Football Show. Get in touch with us, 0808 17 17 700. If you miss Go Breakfast with Crofty, Adele and Grado You missed this Let me tell you about this guy right um, in America Who paid £4,000 for a hair replacement system, right? And then he realised a year later That it was just a wig with glue on his seat (laughs) (laughs) And how he realised that it it was a wig Is because the hair on it flared up his asthma It's the Go Radio Football Show and we're just about at quarter to six. Time flies when you're talking football. Get in touch with us. We want to hear from you. Uh, call us. We'll get you on air. 0808 17 17 700 on the text. It's 8 74 74 and on the socials 
at Go Football Show. We're hearing tonight that Flo Canberry's transfer from Hibs, he was of course on loan at Rangers uh, for the last few months of last season before it all ended rather abruptly. Flo Canberry has gone to St Gallen in Switzerland with uh, Cedric Eten heading for Rangers. He was their former uh, central striker. He and Kemar Roof have both signed for Rangers a total of £6 million. What will happen next in that busy at the moment? transfer market rumours Charlie McGrew about uh, Ivan Tony of Peterborough uh, signing for Celtic what do you know of him? I've played against him once um, he's a big striker holds the ball in as far as I remember and, and he's quite quick that's that's all I really remember of him um, Do you few... see him as somebody who would fit in maybe give Celtic a, a different option up there? Well he scored a lot of goals last season so if it's based on that then of course but I mean uh, it's hard to say I mean I've not I've no seen a lot of him I've just heard what everybody else has heard and I've saw the goals he scored so um, there's no reason why he can't if he hits the ground running and, and gets going but I don't think they would like to lose uh, Edward They don't exactly look Celtic like a squad that needs too much strengthening Barry yeah, I, I don't think Lenny will want to strengthen too much, as you just mentioned there. I think he would like one or maybe two players to come in and, and, and bolster the squad. Um, but that squad's been together a few years now. They've got the mentality of winning trophies. So I don't think he'll want to change up much. The boy Tony, I don't know too much about him, which Charlie just mentioned there. But I think Peter Brad wanting around about £10 million for him, which is a lot of money. Yeah. for a League One um, player so um, I'm not sure if, if there's much truth in that but I, I think Celtic will still do a bit of business in the transfer market there's no doubt about it Charlie talk to me about Onsen Edouard he's class isn't he um, when he first came in I just never I never seen that I thought it was a lot of money they spent on him I just thought it's a lot of money for somebody that's kind of unknown um, well I didn't know him anyway so um, but he's been unbelievable. He's he's really really buying the goals in, and at the weekend there he just looked so casual and just and just scored the hat trick. Looks looks so easy for him, doesn't it? Has he blown away the memory of Musa Dembele, who obviously at that point made a big impact at Celtic? That's what happens at, at, at Rangers and Celtic, doesn't it? One player comes, the other one just comes in, and it it, it just moves on, doesn't it? Um, Dembele was was a great player as well, so we can't really compare them because the, the two of them were were really good in their own right, but. Um, Edward certainly is doing a good job now He drifts in and out of the game but just has an explosive impact Barry doesn't he? Oh, he's a game changer he's a match winner Edward um, I, I'm similar to what, what Charlie just said there when they spent that £9 million I'm thinking to myself that's a lot of money he's a good player but is he that good but I think season on season he's improved and he's he's the main player at Celtic He's the one that he's a guy that steps up and, and scores that vital goal, or he does a bit of magic. He's he's massive to Celtic, and I'm sure they'll be desperate to keep him. Yeah, because the predators will be swarming around. You would imagine at the moment they were anyway. Obviously impressed with what he's done up till now. But when you kick off the season with a hat trick on the opening weekend, then you just uh, it's like a magnet, isn't it? To to the scouts who'll be if they can get into well, if they could get into the ground, they'd be lining the director's box. Definitely, aye, and it's um, the money they speak about, 30 million I've heard mentioned, and that's nothing to the teams down south that have been mentioned. If you're Arsenal's and that, they, they pay that no problem. So, um, But Celtic, Celtic need to hold on to him. I think that, that, would be the, that would be the biggest bit of business yet in the transfer window if Celtic could keep hold of him till the, till the window shuts. 
We have a caller, James, from Pollock. Hello, James, evening. Hi, how are you doing? Good, thank you. How are you? Hi, not bad. Not bad. How you doing? Speak to Charlie. Hey, Charlie, just a quick question. How you doing, mate? All right? How you doing? Um, who, who was your best and worst uh, centre-half partnership that you had at Celtic? Um... I enjoy playing me. I'm waiting for the worst one. <laughs> uh, I think <laughs> I know. Um, who did I enjoy playing me? Um, I enjoyed playing with um, Big Mistorovic, to be honest with you, if I remember rightly. Big I, Daniel? I, he was kind of a totally different player to me. He was, he was more kind of aggressive and more more um, more simple, kind of played the ball forward and I kind of played the football. So I think we kind of worked well together as a team, as a partnership. Um, and the worst one... Uh, Come on, Charlie, do it! <laughs> oh no, big pressure here. Um, Let's work on the basis uh, he's not listening. Um, I think I'm going to go for Thomas Ronya, but no, because if he, he, the way he played, it was mainly because he kept getting injured. He kept getting wee niggles, and we would get a couple of a run the games together, and I enjoyed playing with him. And then he would just get injured, so um, I'm going to go for that one. Wait, where that where one did he move to? He ended up going for Celtic to Wigan, Wigan. and he kept just picking up. I've never played with a player pick up so many wee niggles, grade ones, and that. And he was really unlucky that way. So uh, I would probably go for him, but not because of his ability, just because he, he kept picking up niggles. James, who's who's been your favourite Celtic centre back? Charlie, obviously. Yeah, well, oh, obviously. good man, James. <laughs> Apart from Charlie. <laughs> Anyone oh, else? Anyone else on the list? Oh wait a minute! I forgot about Big Van Dyke. Played with him a couple of times. How can I? How can I miss him? Did, did He's got to be the best. Did you get him the move? Um, I I told him that a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> no, he's not been the same since he stopped playing with me. What what uh, <laughs> what what a signing that was! What a bit of recruitment that was for for Celtic and and the player Barry he's gone on to become. Oh, I mean, unbelievable player. The, the best centre back, without doubt, our best defender in the world. I remember um, his first day he came in and we. we, we it was a, we played a practice match against Crew, and he's, everybody's wondering what it's going to be like. He's took a, uh, the ball out for the back, strode 40 yards, mm. hit the underside of the bar, it, and you it, just thought, this guy's a man mountain. Do you know what I mean? Right, when, he, when he was playing up here, I, I thought when I watched on TV, I'm thinking, this looks too easy. It, right. it looked too easy for him at times. And obviously, I, he got the big money, moved down to Southampton, then at Liverpool, he's just been, he's just been unbelievable, let, let's be honest. Your top, uh, top, top player. He, he just see like after games, he's getting interviewed. Looks like he's no broke sweat. He's that good. Do you like watching? Did you like watching him play, James? Oh, excellent player for us, wasn't he? Just in the league and in Europe. And he's, and he's just got that ability, hasn't he? As he you know, to step up his level when he moves up a level. Obviously, you know, going from Scottish football to English, he had to step up. But but he, he's cruising it. We, when he was leaving and he was, he was looking like he was going to move, he, he genuinely you, you thought he was one of the only players I played with that I could think he can go for Celtic to Barcelona. He could walk into the Barcelona team, and people at the time would have said to you, "You're nuts. You don't go for Celtic to Barcelona." But he was that player that could have done that and he's shown it now the, the type of player he is he's just so confident and just believes in his ability and backs his cell and he's got all the attributes he's the best centre half in the world You have to take your hat off to the Celtic recruitment process over a long period of time now I mean we could we could list quite a number couldn't we in terms of players that Celtic have got good value out of on the pitch and then got good value out of in the transfer market That's right Big Wanyama's no far behind them there and he could go through them Kyle done a great job 
for the money they paid for them and and the wages uh, that they were getting at the time when they signed, it's it's unbelievable really. And then you see, talk about Edward there. I know he was nine million quid, but when you look at him now, he's getting linked with thirty million pound move. So it's some job that's getting done there, and um, it can't be lucky because it's, it's, it's you can you can you can rhyme off tens and. 20 players that they brought through so brilliant and a big factor Barry now in transfers of course is the sell on isn't it um, it's not all about the, the actual transfer that's happening it's about looking further ahead and thinking well I want a piece of the action when he makes his next move yeah and that, that's where I think Celtic have been cute they've always put that ad on um, whether it's been Wanyama or Van Dijk or other players that have left so yeah, the Celtic have got a good policy um, and it may be similar that Rangers are trying to do now we obviously they brought Morelos in for just over a million pound now they're talking 15 million pounds so it, that's the way for, for clubs to go down look over at the Scandinavian market because there's a lot of good players over there Who was the best player you played alongside at Rangers? In terms of I look at it overall in terms of what type of character he was he was a real leader, a very good football player, looked after himself really well. It was Arthur Newman. I thought he was just uh, an amazing footballer, but an amazing guy as well. Really down to earth. He helped me a lot um, when he first came into the club. And for me, I, I couldn't believe when he retired at 32. It was um, it was crazy because he could have went on. He was a type of guy who could have went on for another four or five years easily. Let's get another caller on the line of 808-1717-700 on the Go Radio Football Show. Graham from Airdrie. Hi, Graham. We may have uh, lost Graham, but we will... Oh, no, we've got Graham, I think. Hi, Graham. How you doing? Good afternoon, guys. How are you, Graham? Welcome you doing, to Graham? the show. What would you like to say, Graham? Um, it's a question for Barry. So I was just going to say, heaven forbid that Celtic take the 10, do you think that is the end of Gerard's tenure at Rangers? Good question. I, I think it could be. I, I think he knows himself that this is a massive season where he needs to... Um, I, I hear a lot of people say he needs to win a trophy. For me, the league's your bread and butter. That's the one that you've got to try and win. Um, and I think if he doesn't, I think he'll be honest enough himself and he'll, he'll, um, he'll hold his hands up and say it wasn't good enough. Do you think, he, do you think he'll go whatever happens? Barry, whether, even if yeah. he does win the league, do you think it, that might be three years, that might be time up? Well, I, I think he's building something good, Rob, if I'm being honest. Um, gradually, each season, Rangers have improved under him. Um, certainly last season, the first six months was, was excellent. Whatever happened after the winter break, um, I'm sure during lockdown he would have done a lot of thinking and, and talking to his staff. And I'm sure they'll try and not make that same mistake again. Because I look at the Rangers squad... And I think there's a lot of good players there. He's made some good signings um, yesterday. And I think the only thing that it goes against them is is the mentality. Can this group of players maintain a standard week in, week out? That's a, a level of consistency they need to have. Because I've certainly got good players and they play some attractive stuff. Um, so I think he's building something good and I think this season it could be the one for him. Great. what do you think? Um, I think absolutely what Barry said and I think after the winter break it was a different Rangers um, they were very, very exciting you know and I, I thought last year that we might stop the nine you know um, it didn't happen unfortunately 
but this time I am hopeful and I hope he sticks around I think he's, he's a, a great asset to the club and the country So you think Barry this, this has got the potential to be a long term project for Stephen Gerrard at Rangers because um, I guess a lot of people look upon it as a stepping stone a way into management before inevitably he moves back south of the border again yeah, I, I'm sure. Listen, that that's his end goal. He would he would want to manage Liverpool at, at one stage. Um, but I I think he's got something good going up here. I think it is long term. I, I don't think it is a short term project. Um, he's certainly getting the backing from the board. Um, certainly, we we paying the money out for the the, the two players. Um, and also previously, they have backed him. And I'm sure again, if he goes to the board and identifies a player that he thinks is good enough to come into that starting 11 I'm sure they would give him the money so things are looking good I think he's a right man for Rangers I've said it from, from day one I know he's a young manager but I think he's a young manager who's got a lot of potential and I like the way he comes across I think he speaks very well and listen he's, he's got a great pedigree in the game and um, I think in time he will be a successful Rangers manager Graham speaks well as well and he writes well Ali because he's got a book out Graham on the line Absolutely, Graham. It's called The Young Team. Our producers told us to talk to you about it, so tell us more about this great book. Um, well, I'm from Airdrie, and it was based on my experiences of gang culture in Airdrie and Coat Bridge when I was growing up. Um, so I'd met James in a podcast. So, um, but yeah, it's doing pretty well. Hampered a wee bit by the virus, you'll understand, but um, some exciting TV and film news, hopefully soon. And it came out just before, was it March time it came out just before lockdown? It, it did. Yeah, it was. It was two weeks before, so I had two weeks of of, uh, of busy schedule run and doing talks and stuff, and then um, and then fall and then nothing. So, but well, listen, we're all in the same boat at the moment. But there's exciting stuff coming. It's been a great, it's been a great, great success so far. Fantastic, Graham. Thanks so much, and all the best with that Thank book. Thank you. Thanks very much. And available online, one would imagine, despite everything that's going on at the moment. Young team by uh, Graham Armstrong. Thanks for your call to the Go Radio Football Show. And that number again is 0808 17 17 700. The Go Radio Football Show. And hope you're enjoying it with us 5 till 7, Monday to Friday, the Go Radio Football Show. It's Rob McLean, Ali Defoy, Barry Ferguson. Charlie McGrew, we keep on rolling out the star turns on this and uh, Marvin Bartley is going to be with us tomorrow night the Livingston skipper looking forward to having his company and then of course Cy Ferry is back with us on Friday Paul Cooney as well it's quite a a squad alley isn't it? Absolutely, I was thinking what day are we on the week? How are we on Wednesday already? It's flying by. It sure is Um, well we just heard Stephen Gerrard on the news with Joe and talking about the Bayer Leverkusen game, it's quite incredible that's coming right uh, tomorrow night at five to six, and also Barry talking about Alfredo Morales. We we spoke about it right at the top of the show, didn't we? What the signings of Roof and Itten mean for the future of Rangers goal machine? Yep, and it, it sounds f- from what the manager said. If the bid, if a bid sorry does come in and it matches Rangers' valuation, I think they will do business, Rob. I honestly do. Um, look, two new strikers coming in through the door. Now I think Rangers have got a big a big decision to make and I think if that right offer comes in, I think they will let him go. It's pressure though, Charlie, isn't it, to replace those goals. He guarantees goals, I think seventy seven of them in his in his brief time at Rangers. That's what I was gonna say, it's it's a huge gamble for Rangers at this stage when Celtic are gone for ten in a row. 
to to sell Alfredo Morelos guaranteed 15 goals guaranteed 20 goals he'll score goals for Rangers and for new, uh, two new signings no matter how many goals they've scored in the past to come to a club at Rangers or Celtic for that matter the pressure that's on you the scrutiny that's on you it's a big gamble for Rangers at this stage. I'm in two minds about introducing our next caller because the last one turned out to be one of our star guests. Ali, who we got up next? If all going is well, we have Paul from Crookston on the line. Paul, are you there? Yeah, I'm here, thanks. Great to have you. Thanks for calling 0808 17 17 700. What's your question to the panel? All right, thanks. Um, yeah, well, I'm not a star footballer, unfortunately. But uh, <laughs> listen, uh, maybe a couple of questions to Barry, but just picking up that wee conversation we're having there um, about the gamble and letting Morelos go. I see the flip side. I think Morelos has let, let the team down a couple of occasions, um, and I think you know, the panel would agree to that. I don't think he can, cannot. Um, and I think, yeah, he, he's banged in a lot of goals, but he's also failed in some of the big occasions. Um, and I think his temperament's still a bit off with me. Um, and you know, looking at the games there just recently, he's, he's obviously put a bit of weight, weight on as well. Um, and I think maybe bring these two two new strikers in. And spreading the goals across the team from like Aribo and things like that, who I think's definitely built up a bit and a bit more physical presence on him. I think that's more important um, for this year. But anyway, um, I can get to my, my my point was to to Barry, if that's all right. Um, it was just to ask about the leadership on the pitch. Tavernier's obviously no been a good cap. Well, he's a good captain sense of he's been there and everything. But my my worry is with this been a big year that. Sometimes I see on the on the pitch, I don't see him in, in the faces of players from whatever. Now, I guess every captain does things differently and whatnot, but I just thought with Barry being on the panel, it would be a good opportunity to ask him. I, I grew up you know, through, through Rangers getting nine in a row and whatnot and seeing a lot of captains like Goff and Amoruso and people like that. But I remember from, from Barry playing that you know, any, any wrong pass or whatever, he was right into the player's face. Um, we're on, we're on till seven, Paul. By the way. Oh, sorry, right. I'll get. I'll get. I'll just finish this point here now. But what, what do you think, Barry? Do you think that's a worry about Tafanir, or do you think that's just the? He's raging with you right now for taking thing. so long. Scrolling at the mic. <laughs> what did I take for about ten minutes here? <laughs> Taking a notice, Paul. Ah, it's alright. It's alright. Well, in in terms of, I, I get where you're coming from. In in terms of Tafanir, I don't think he's one of the captains that is, is going to call out players but I think in modern day football you don't get a lot of captains like that nowadays um, I'm I'm pretty old school I, I didn't mind falling out with my teammates on the pitch I demanded from them um, as you had mentioned there if they, they gave a stray pass or they didn't follow a runner or whatever I just thought that was the best way and listen the players didn't like it at times but they, they knew I'd done it for a reason and that was to to try and push them even harder. Now, in terms of Tavernier, I think he's done an okay job, but I would I would probably look to maybe a, a Ryan Jack. I see him as a possible future Rangers captain. But one thing I will say about Tavernier is when he was getting called out with quite a lot of the fans um, with a few performances last year, he never had. He still put yourself out there you still put yourself forward to go and play uh, for Rangers when it's pretty easily just to maybe feign an injury or whatever um, but I see your point he's probably not the most vocal um, and I'm probably like yourself and I don't know what the, the guys think in here I like a captain who is vocal and who 
says his piece on the pitch. Charlie, you know, know all about the captain's armband. What's your idea of a good skipper? Well, first of all, I'll say there's different ways to lead. I think I think the game's changing a wee bit in terms of you can lead by example and you can have the respect of the players without shouting in their face. But I do agree with Barry. I think that I prefer, and the way we were brought up, is be told straight. Whether that be a captain or your manager, you know it's for a reason and it's business and it's professional and you get told and you're straight and you know and the same people will tell you when you've done well so you get a lift of confidence for that and you know when you've done and, and you like to be told so I think there is a place for it but the game's moving on and I don't know I don't know if it's it's going to change or there's always going to be a place for it but I, I like to be told straight and that's the way I was brought up with captains And um, but as I say there is different ways to lead and mm-hmm. it might, might uh, be that the way he does it I mean, Charlie makes a good point there. Always, you have fallouts on the pitch. Charlie's been a captain as well. See, see when you get in that dressing room, you sort it out. See, five minutes later, your best mates again. There's, there's no issues. There's no issues. I think that that was the best way forward. And that I preferred when I was younger, coming through. I had guys get through me yeah. non-stop. But do you know what? It drove me on. It made me even more determined. And that's what I like. And if you can't handle, if you can't handle a captain shouting at you, you're not going to handle fifty thousand or sixty thousand mm-hmm. at Ibrox or Parkhead shouting at you booing you when you make a bad pass so it can help but there's different characters that take it different ways and there's different ways to lead but um, are there, are there you, still you, those guys around I mean or is that a dying breed I mean the way you're talking Barry I'm I'm thinking Scott Brown at Celtic I'm thinking about the, the job he does the, the, the central role he has the, the fact that he controls everything going around about him um, he he grabs people by the scruff of the neck but, but are these characters few and far between in the modern game well, the game has changed, and as Charlie mentioned, it's it as a dying breed. Um, You're not allowed to shout at people now. Youth team coaches yeah. get accused of bullying and mm-hmm. and all sorts now. And I mean, the game is changing. I mean, some of the stuff that we get said to us coming through, we never took it off it. We took it as they try, were trying to be helped. It didn't hurt. It, did, it hurt at the time, but it made made us. Mm-hmm stronger and made us better people and I, I think maybe that's changing a wee bit you've got a number of jobs as captain when things are, are not going well you've got to try and grab the game by the scruff of the neck you've got to try and G up your your um, your teammates and I like seeing that listen I, I like seeing that on the pitch I mean people maybe look and think he's a morning so and so or whatever but I, I like to see that as you've mentioned there I think Scott Brown does that for Celtic I do I think he is one that if things are no going well, he'll G them up. He and, might not even be having a good game himself. I mean, I had plenty of bad games, but when I noticed things going wrong round, round about me, I made sure I get them going. And you'd want that in the current Rangers team, wouldn't yeah, you? You'd I, want that sort of person leading. Yeah, well, if, the, if, we want to, if Rangers want to win things, they need that. They need their type of characters. And as Charlie mentioned, a great point there. It's not just about your captain being on your back or the manager. You've got 50,000 fans there demanding that you win a game of football. And that's pressure. But you've got to be, if you want to play at a big club like Rangers, you've got to be able to handle it. Thanks to Paul for the call on 0808 17 uh, 17 700. Uh, another of his points there, it was quite a, it was quite a lengthy question to be fair, and uh, he did start off speaking about Alfredo Morelos um, and the, the two sides of the coin, what you get with the player, uh, you, yes you get the goals, 
yes, you've had indiscipline. I know Barry thinks that's maybe history now, the, that, the, the, the indiscipline side of things. There was that instance where he came back late from a trip to Colombia. I think that was last season. Um, what, where do, the Rangers fans, Charlie, it seems are split about Morelos, about whether they want to take the money or whether they want to keep the goals. I think without without that stadium, you maybe don't get the goal scorer. Do you know what I mean? Maybe that makes him the player he is. And if you look back when you're saying there about sending offs and stuff, you look back at Bruni early in his career, and he got a bit of criticism for that that side of his game mm-hmm. for discipline and stuff. But he's still young, isn't he? How age is he? I don't know. Twenty-three. Is he? So he's still I, I relatively young. I think if you young. take that side away from Morelos, that wee edge, Aye. he's nowhere near going to be the same Aye, type you can, of player. You can see his anger and his determination. That that gets him in the positions to score goals, and he, he maybe plays on the edge. But for the goals he scores, you, you would take a wee bit. I mean, maybe not as much as he did last year, or the year before. But you would take a wee a sending half or two, or a, or a bit of discipline for the goals. I will, I will agree with the caller. He's not come back in tip top shape. I don't think he looks the the Morelos for the first six months of last season. I, I thought that that's the best condition I've seen him in, and that's when he he started banging the goals in and he was sharp running about the box and that's why people were valuing him at this, the sort of money that people are talking about he looks, like the, he looks like the type that needs to keep on up the yeah. diet doesn't he and yeah. be, be on it fantastic we've got uh, Craig in Edinburgh on the line Craig you're asking to uh, find out a bit more about Morelos what's your question for the guys hi there this is uh, towards Barry you're right Barry how you doing no bad, mate. So obviously you've been a ma- manager yourself, and you obviously one day hopefully you might you might be manager in the Ibrox dugout, okay? In my opinion, so right. You're not getting an answer for that one. He's got he's gone blank. We, 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 we all know we all know we all know that Morelis will eventually be sold at some point. The transfer window goes on to uh, October, so Ken, like he's got to get. We've brought in two strikers. You put yourself in Gerard's shoes right now, or you put yourself with a Rangers mind and a, and a Rangers manager. Would you assign two strikers on the fact of thinking that Morelis will go and you've still got a wee bit of money to play with to try and stop Celtic doing the 10? Or would you or would you have stuck with Morelos and just maybe brought in one striker? I, I think behind the scenes he's probably sat down with Morelos and had a, a good look in his eyes and had a good chat with him and, and says, what, what do you want to do? You know, you need see to go and achieve things and win things. You need happy players. You need players that want to be there. And to me, I think Morelos, whether it's his agent or himself, maybe want to try something different. I think with Gerard bringing in the two centre forwards, I think I think it looks to me that they will try and cash in on him. What do you think should happen, Craig? For, for me, the, the thing that sticks in sticks in McCraw and Morelos, okay, his goals he can't take that away. But big, big key moments of the last two seasons, although his goals has got his points, he's shipped in, he's, he's shipped in points with his sendings off. He's left left us with ten men. His suspensions when we were playing when we played Aberdeen and. Uh, semi-final with a League Cup that left us with no striker I mean I can't really cost Sadiq a striker Defoe was injured it just for me I would cash in if anybody wants to throw £10 million and we've still got a wee bit couple of million left good. that's good for me we only paid only paid a million pound for him but I could... would definitely 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 cash in especially you look at the, the goals that the Swiss boys got I mean he's came with the same kind of pedigree that Morelos came with in the first place 
Yeah, but th these guys, I mean, yeah, you point to their record, Craig, but, but in, a, in a sense as well, they are an unknown quantity until they start delivering for Rangers. And one thing you know about Morellas is he's delivered for the last mm. two and a half years or whatever it is, big time. Yeah, but we were but, speaking, but then, we were speaking uh, off air about it. Um, Morellas knows the standards that you need to set at Rangers. I've seen plenty of players come through the doors at Ibrooks, and I'm sure Charlie's the same at Celtic Park. Good players come in, and when they go out, they get a bit of stage fright with the, the number of fans and the demands and the expectations that the supporters put on you. So... I see where you're coming for, Rob. They're no. unknown. They're good players, don't get me wrong. I think Roof will be a very good signing for Rangers. But I think uh, as well, um, Craig, you're under real pressure there by the sounds of it. But uh, Charlie, I think... Sorry. When you, when Are you babysitting sounds like my house, Craig? <laughs> You've got a lot on your plate. You're in my house. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie, but you, you have to think long and hard, don't you, as a player, and, and, and some do and some don't, about leaving a massive club in Celtic. And Rangers. I mean, you got to the stage in your career yep. where, you, where you left Celtic, and um, it's it can be. A, I mean, you must have. I mean, how much did you miss Celtic? Of course. I mean, no matter where you go after Celtic and Rangers, unless you're going to top three or four in, in England, you'll not go to a bigger club. They're big, big clubs, and people don't realise that. And we go back to talk about the pressure for players that come into Celtic and Rangers and, and keep our roof. It, he's not going to know what happened when he gets there. I don't know. Mm. I don't care who he's played for. When he gets to Celtic and Rangers and in, in living in Glasgow or training at, at Murray Park and, and all that, he'll realise, I'm at a big club here, the pressure that's on me here, a draw's no good enough. And you need to win every single game. And the pressure, of course, is to hit the ground running for yeah. these guys as Rangers look to stop Celtic doing 10 on the trot. This is the Goat Radio football show and we're going to speak to the St Mirren manager, Jim Goodwin, shortly. The Goal Radio Football Show. Let's go. We love the football chat and we love you being involved as well. 0808 17 17 700. That's the phone line. Text on 874 74 and on the socials at Go Football Show. Uh, Rob Douglas, our star guest earlier on, and Jim Goodwin to come, the St. Mirren manager. Can you control yourself? Not really. Jim, you're on the line. Great to have you. How are you doing? Good evening guys, how are you doing? We're fab. We've had a couple of questions in from you straight away on their Twitter at Go Football Show and Mark has got a wee question for you. He's asking, um, being light uh, on the strikers, can we expect a new addition through the door? Now you don't have to answer it, but if you could, that'd be cool. Yeah, answer it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, well, listen, we've, at the moment, we've only got two, um, you know, proven strikers in the squad in Junior Marais and John Obika and I think we it's fair to say relied too heavily on uh, John last season. So, yeah, I, I would like to run with three strikers. We've got a good young one coming through the academy, but it's probably a little bit too soon for him. So uh, we are in the market for another striker. Um, we're not desperately in a rush to do it um, in the next week or two because obviously the window is open for quite a while yet. But, um, yeah, we are looking all the time. And you've got Tate already, a cracking start and opening goal to the season. How are you headed uh, for Rangers to Ibrox on Sunday? How's that going to be? Yeah, well, of course, we're delighted with the, uh, you know, the result, obviously, from the weekend. But, um, you know, the performance was, was pretty decent, too. Um, you know, defensively, we look solid. If you'd have offered me a, a 1-0 um, win prior to the game in the manner that we did it, I think I'd have snapped the hand off you. We probably could have made it a little bit more 
comfortable for ourselves uh, later on. We had a couple of decent opportunities, hit the post, obviously, and had another couple of half-decent opportunities from counter-attacks. But, listen, it was it was a really good um, start to the season. You know, nothing that we're, you know, we're not getting carried away at all, um, you know, by the fact that we've managed to beat Livingston. But, you know, we can take a lot of positives from the game and a lot of confidence going into what's going to be an extremely difficult one on Sunday against Rangers. It's great, Jim, to hit the ground running, isn't it, when you've made so many changes, when you've pieced together an entirely new defence? Yeah, absolutely, Rob. And I think, um, you know, getting that first win on the board um, as soon as possible is vital, especially when you've, you're have you due to play Rangers and Celtic back-to-back in the, in the next fixture. So, um, yeah, the win on Saturday was massive. Um, and I'm delighted for all the guys that made their debuts. You know, we obviously Richard Tate scoring the winner, uh, Jack Anakin goal with a clean sheet, Marcus Fraser and Joe Shaughnessy among the back line as well, who defended brilliantly uh, and in fairness to them you know that's their first game together we were due to have a, a pre-season friendly with St Johnston the weekend before but obviously we had all the commotion here with um, with the outbreak and what have you so unfortunately that was their first comp- uh, game at all together uh, against Livingston going straight in in a competitive game like that and to perform to the level that they all did was uh, quite remarkable really Jim it's Barry Ferguson here how are you doing? Hiya Barry how are you doing? Listen, you've made some decent signings. What, what What's your expectations, dare I say it? Is it to get into the top six or is it just to survive for St Man? Uh, listen, I think, uh, you know, obviously um, as a club, we um, want to try and strive to compete to get into that top half of the table. Um, you know, obviously, you know, Tony, my, my, our chief executive, came out. <laughs> you'd have, you'd have loved that, Jim. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, but listen, I, I don't, uh, you know, I, I'm not... Um, you know, annoyed in the slightest that Tony comes out and says that because you know that has got to be the ambition uh, for the club going forward. But you know, Tony never said that we are going to finish top six. He just said that we have ambitions to try and get into that top six. Now, you know, when you look at how competitive the league is going to be, and and you look at how difficult it's going to be to get into that top six, when you consider probably three or four of those top six places are already taken with the likes of Celtic Rangers, Aberdeen and Hibs and then you've got Motherwell who finished third last season, Dundee United coming up uh, with a really good squad, decent budget um, you know, a Scotland international striker than Lawrence Shankland so you know, we're not sitting here now saying that you know, we expect to be in the top six but I do believe that the squad I've put together up to now uh, makes us competitive and I hope that we're within touch and distance come the split but uh, you know I, I reiterate the fact that it is going to be extremely difficult um, my overall um, you know driver for this season is to try and make progress on last season it's as simple as that I think if we finish ninth, I won't be happy with that if we finish 8th or 7th then that's a step in the right direction so you know we've, uh, we're realistic about where we are but at the same time I don't think there's anything wrong with you know trying to overachieve Jim, how you doing? Charlie McGrew here, mate. Charlie, how you doing? Uh, good, mate. Um, just a quick one. I'm doing my licensing now. I'm just interested in when you went into St Mum, um, did you did you have a style of play in mind, or did you just wait to see what players you had to fit into that style, or did, did you just see what players you had to to make your own style? I'm just interested. No, but listen, I um, you know I had a really good uh, start out at Alloa, um, you know, and obviously went there as a player initially, and then Jack Ross moved on quite quickly after I came in, obviously going to St Mirren, and then, you know, I got asked if I wanted the job, and I thought it was too good an opportunity to turn it down, so I had a good 
two years, Charlie, at trying different things at a level where there wasn't as much scrutiny, if you like, uh, as is on me now as a as a Premier League manager. And you know, I made a hell of a lot of mistakes in those um, first couple of years. In that first season, in particular, um, you know, we we didn't get up. We lost out in the in the playoff final on penalties. But thankfully, the, the following season, we were able to go and go and better and, and and got up through the playoff final. But I think when I came to St Mirren, it was so late on last season uh, in pre-season, Charlie. It was only about three weeks prior to um, the Betfred Cup starting, and mm-hmm. I needed to sign about seven or eight players, you know, in a really short period of time. And you know, you and Barry sitting there will know how important pre-season is to try and yep. get mm-hmm. your ideas across as a manager, try and talk about the game plan and your philosophy and all that. And I, I didn't really feel like I had time to do that. Um, it was just about trying to get bodies in and then trying to make us as organised and as hard to beat early on. Um, but now I feel after this pre-season that we've had, we've had a good five weeks together, albeit we've had a, a couple of hiccups along the way with the um, you know, with the, the coronavirus and what have you. That's been well documented. But I do feel that we're better prepared. I certainly am as manager, better prepared this time round um, you know, for, for you know, competing within the Premier League. I think last year I was probably uh, a little bit naive at the beginning, if you like. So, you know, hopefully that shows in the results that we get and the performances that we, we have on the park. Brilliant, Matt. Th- this may sound like a strange question, Jim, but has, has lockdown worked for you in a way? I know there have been all sorts of problems and issues and all the rest of it, but you've, you've had plenty of time to think and reassemble and have a good run at it, if you like, in terms of assembling a, a new look team. Yeah, absolutely, and and you know, lockdown was. I mean, you know, we weren't hoping it lasted as long as what it did, but I, I felt that um, the the first couple of weeks, maybe three weeks, even, um, it gave me a really good opportunity to look back on the season and and to you know reevaluate and and kind of look at what we done well, but more importantly, look at what we didn't do so well, and and I felt that. Um, you know that, that hence the, the the kind of signings that I've made up to now. The recruitment was so important, and I'm not um, dissing any of the boys that were with me last season. They were fantastic for me, but I felt that we we lacked a little bit of physicality. You know, we had a lot of nice footballers. Um, you know, we I just felt we were a little bit soft at times. So I think I've addressed that this time round. Um, I think you know that has certainly proven to be the case when you look at last Saturday's performance against a really physical team in Livingston. Um, so yeah, I mean, look, it's it, it was it was good uh, in that respect that we can you know look back and and, and see what we need to do better. But um, at the same time, I think it probably went on a little bit too long than we uh, longer than we would have liked. Jim, there's a wee thought from some of the St Mirren fans, um, and I guess you'll probably have had lots of questions about this. But Jakubiak, he's just signed with Dundee. I know a lot of fans were hoping we could keep him. Is there any thoughts on that? Can we get anything from you on that one? Yeah, look, listen, um, Alex done great for me when he first uh, when he came in on loan. Um, you know, technically very good player, really good boy to work with, worked hard in training, um, and you know, built up a half decent relationship with with John Obike. But you know, I feel as if at the moment within the squad we've got you know we've got decent players that can maybe play that number ten role. Uh, we've got some good attacking midfielders, but. You know, it's been well documented last year. We didn't score enough goals, and mm. you know, if I'm bringing in a striker, and you know, I need to be guaranteed that they're going to give me at least a dozen to maybe even twenty goals uh, this season. John Obika, I think this season will get between ten and fifteen. 
Wow. Um, I need some. I need somebody else to come in and and do the same. And you know, Alex's record. You know, in terms of goals that he scored in senior football, Alex has got about twenty-eight goals or something in one hundred and sixty-plus senior uh, appearances. I didn't think that that was the kind of player we needed to bring to the club, considering what we've already got here. Um, I had a valuation of what Alex was worth. I made um, you know an offer to his agent, and his agent felt that Alex was worth more than what we had put on the table and, and that's football sometimes you know people have got different opinions Alex has went to Dundee it wouldn't surprise me if Alex um, you know scored 15 goals in the championship next season and, and mm. you know good luck to him he, he's left here um, you know with a, you know, a real pat on the back from us because as I said he was an important player for us in those 10 games but you know in those 10 appearances made he scored one goal you know and, and we need goals coming in if I, you know the budget is that tight I can't afford to be bringing in guys that aren't going to be contributing in that front area with uh, you know getting their name on the score sheet. It's as simple as that. Jim, I was interested to see Hamilton's approach at Celtic Park last Sunday. You're at Ibrox this Sunday. Uh, I mean, probably a lot of people expected them to string 10 guys across the back in front of their goalkeeper. They played 4-4-2. They created chances. Ultimately, they lost 5-1. So maybe you could say that's the wrong approach. But maybe you say, well, on most occasions, the wee team loses at Celtic Park and Ibrox anyway. So why not have a go? Why not try and play some football? What's, what are your thoughts on Sunday at Ibrox? I've seen a number of teams approach um, you know, going to Ibrox and Parkhead very differently over the years and you know, um, going and being hard to beat and being organised has been successful for some teams, going and pressing them high up the pitch has been extremely successful as well. I think back to um, you know, when Hearts went to Parkhead on the Craig Levine and he, he locked on and pressed them high up the pitch and, and got a half-decent result off the back of it. So you know, I'm not going to tell you what my game plan oh, is going to be on a Sunday, if you, if you don't mind, Rob. But um, yeah, we're uh, we're awaiting delivery of about 15 buses from Mr. Parks, but I don't know if he's going to give them Jim, do you think with the fans not being able to be in the stadium, Ibrooks away game might be a well, might be easier for for lower teams in the league? Uh, no, I definitely don't think it's going to be easier. Um, you know, with or without. 50,000 fans it's uh, it's going to be just as difficult to be honest with you mm-hmm. I think uh, you know I think there's plenty of other managers out there that would agree with me when you know as a smaller team when you go to those uh, places like Parkhead and Ibrox mm-hmm. the first 15-20 minutes of the game is massive and, and you're, we always talk um, and I'm sure Barry and Charlie will back me up we always talk about trying to get the fans on their back in the first 15-20 minutes and you try and generate a little bit of tension around the stadium and a little bit of nervousness and um, you know that opportunity to do that for us isn't going to be there on Sunday so I actually think it probably takes the pressure off um, the bigger teams if you like because they don't have um, 50, 60,000 fans you know, on their backs if things aren't going particularly well and I think it allows them to go and play with a little bit more freedom which I think is what um, you know, you've seen. Well, I've seen certainly uh, with Rangers uh, in pre-season. You know, they look as if they're they're really at it. Uh, they had a decent performance up in Aberdeen. Always a difficult place to go, and came back down the road with three points. And I'm interested to see, you know, what the team selection is going to be on Sunday after um, after the game in Europe. Have you got any tips for uh, Charlie, uh, Jim? Uh, Charlie's obviously working his way through the badges, the the coaching badges, the qualification um, that that has to be done to to get the the job. Uh, maybe a tip like don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. No, listen. 
you know, Charlie's been a, a captain at most clubs he's been at. He's, he's a leader anyway, and, and I've got no doubt that you know Charlie will go on to be a very good uh, coach or manager one day. Um, he's got a vast amount of experience that he'll be able to pass on to his players. But I, I thoroughly enjoyed the the coaching badges um, with the SFA, and you know they're they're a great exercise. They give you a really good insight into the game. I, I was fortunate enough to do them at a relatively young age, um, and it actually gave me a, more of an appreciation for the game and for the managers that I ended up working for just it gives you a clearer picture on what they're asking you to do in training if you like and I would encourage more young players out there to actually get on those courses because uh, you know it's the best job in the world being involved in football and I've had I've experienced being out of the game for for three or four years and I've had um, you've you done know, a real job a for a while haven't you I've I've done plenty of jobs yeah and I mean my last one prior to taking on this role was um you know was driving a white van and, and, and delivering so you know my appreciation for the game and um you know the just the fact that I'm back here now in a, in a full-time capacity is what really drives me on to be honest and I think if any young lad out there wants to play that wants to stay in the game then they should definitely get on the badges and I wish Charlie all the best with his. And what you were saying, Barry, you were saying to me before the show that you, you have to constantly renew as well every three years, is it? You have to refresh effectively. Yep. It's not a case of once you get the qualification, that's it forever. No, no I think it's a good thing. Um, I've done the pro licence, that's now five years I've passed. I don't know, Jim, you, you've done the pro licence, I guess, yeah? Yeah, I've done the pro as well, Barry. Yeah. yeah, you're the same every three years, you've got to go back and refresh it, which I think is a, a good thing. And I, I agree with what Jim's just said there. Um, I started doing my coaching badges when I was 31 um, but I would encourage what Jim said that the younger players coming through go and do your badges early it's a great education I loved it I learnt so much and you meet so many different people as well Jim don't you and you get good ideas off these guys and it's, no, inter- absolutely. And it's interesting yeah, too, isn't it? Like, I mean, you, you, as you get all so, all different styles of, of captain, we were speaking about that earlier in the programme, you get all different styles of manager as well. There, there's not there's not w- one way to do it and that's it, Jim. You know, there, there's you know, there's lots of styles. I guess, I mean, people watching you play for St Mirren might have thought you'd have been the guy who's charging about the technical area, but you were sort of very calm and controlled, arms folded and all that stuff. Well, yeah, I mean, at times, Rob, at times, uh, especially when the cameras are there and it's a live game, I try to be as uh, as good as possible. If my my mother's watching, she'll give me into trouble. But no, look, I mean, I think the days of the days of managers running up and down the touchline and ranting and raving and and, um, and getting on players' backs, it, it's you know, it, it doesn't. I just, have I just want to wear a suit and an earpiece just to look. <laughs> <understand. laughs> nah, well, uh, I, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't go for the suit route, Charlie. Honestly, <laughs> mate. I mean, where I come from, uh, suits were for weddings and funerals, mate. I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm on the, I'm on the side of a football pitch and I wear my trackie and my boots and I kick Quite every right. single ball, man. And um, but no, listen, it's. You know, people have that perception of me, Rob. You're right as a player, and, and probably rightly so. Sometimes my discipline wasn't uh, all that great, but uh, I'm very proud to say that my team last year uh, was the most disciplined in the SPL. We had the least amount of bookings. We had no red cards, and um, yeah, so maybe that would surprise one or two people huh? listening. But uh, but no, listen, we've um, you know, I think every manager, like you say, and every coach has got a different philosophy and a different way of doing things. Um, I think man management is massive. Um, I think we all know the game well enough and we've all played the game most of us are at a decent enough level that we know what players want in training and stuff like that but there's no right or wrong way at the end of the day it's about getting results and you know I love watching all types of football you know I sit and watch the MLS there the other night and 
uh, again, just trying to pick up different ideas and different formations and tactics and what have you. But you only need to look at the, you know, the the, the, the English Premier League to see the difference in the managers of maybe like a, a Jose Mourinho to a Pep Guardiola, but both extremely successful. But I've got different ways of doing it. So. I don't believe there's a right way or a wrong way. You stay in the game by getting results. It's as simple as that. Well, you're off to a great start, Jim. Well done on uh, that win against Livingston on the opening weekend. And uh, good luck to you as well for the rest of the season. We'll speak to you soon. Good luck, Jim. All the best, Jim. Good to have you on on the Go Radio Football Show. If you missed Go Breakfast with Crofty, Adele and Grado, you missed this. Let me tell you about this guy right um, in America who paid £4,000 for a hair replacement system, right? And then he realised... A year later, that it was just a wig with glue on his head. <laughs> and how he realised that it was a wig is because the hair on it flared up his asthma. Go breakfast with Crofty, Adele, and Grado. Back tomorrow morning when you wake up. Let's go. It's the Go Radio Football Show, Monday to Friday, 5 to 7. We're inside the last 15 minutes. Quite incredible Wowza. how time flies when we're, we're talking football. Hopefully you've enjoyed the football chat and you can be part of it on that phone number, 0808 17 17 700. Speaking to Jim Goodwin on the other side of the break, uh, and it's interesting, isn't it, the manager he's become, Barry, because he, he said it himself, didn't he? He went a bit bananas at times as a player latterly and he got a bit of a reputation with referees yeah Jim was a, a physical player but I, I thought he was a good player Jim as well he, he, was. he, he could get on the ball and he could pass it um, but it's interesting to hear him say that um, his team were the most disciplined yeah, he, he was keen on getting that line <laughs> he, wasn't was, he? he was which I was surprised about but listen I, I've got to be honest with you it's great to see young managers do well and Jim certainly um, done well at Alawa and St Myrna I've, I've took the chance on him and, and I think they've made the right choice because uh, I think he's doing a fantastic job Yeah you just hope Jim Goodwin gets plenty of time and helped with a winning start I'm sure he will OK let's hear from Kieran in Cardonald Kieran, hello you're through to the Go Radio Football Show Hi there guys how you doing? How you doing hey. Kieran? Well, uh, let's just start with a question for Charlie fellow Celtic fan here to tell um, I watched the game in the pub on Sunday um, obviously we're not at the games now so we had a lot of reactions for the boys in the pub one of the biggest reactions was about the Celtic back four just seeing as yourself a fellow centre half at Celtic what you thought with the back four performance on Sunday there was a few mixed reactions in the pub obviously closing in for everywhere but the back four seemed a wee bit shaky in some people's comments so I just thought um, I what you think I thought the all-round performance was brilliant to be honest with you the goal was just a bit lucky the, the, the ball was gone wide and they've tried to block it from the bottom corner but apart from that I thought they were sound to be honest with you I think there's uh, there's some real good players in there the, the right back I'm really impressed with him Frank Pong he's he's looking unbelievable him looks like he enjoys every minute playing in, playing on the park and he's uh, a right good player Was your, was your concern Kieran that, that Hamilton had a, a few other chances apart from that deflected goal? They did, yeah. It was just obviously a few mixed opinions. But I was um, basically the two centre halves at the moment, Julian and I, I'll defend them until the house come down. I thought it was absolutely fantastic last year. Julian's face tag was a bit big, but um, he's, he's paid his way with the goals that he scored last year for us. Um, I don't know if he maybe needs somebody in there for backup. I know you get those El Hamid and things like that there as well, but maybe somebody to compete for those back two places would be a big option for us, I think. 
Although I suppose if you look at the game and you think about the number of saves Scott Bain had, he the tip over from Andy Winter earlier on, which which wasn't a, didn't have to be a great save, and there probably wasn't really a major save for him to make Charlie in the game. No, but you you can't you can't blame the, the defence for that as well. You you attack as you attack as a team and you defend as a yep. team, so you defend for the front. So I think it's easy to point to the back four when a couple of chances or a couple of goals going, but. Um, it's a team game and you defend for the front so I would need to look at the chances again he talked right through it but I think that, that uh, the Celtic defence is fine for me There's, it just shows the demand you, you have at Celtic you win 5-1 and people are still picking on <laughs> picking on things and that's what creates winning mentalities really so um, no no I think they're fine a couple of people I spoke to I think their concern was I think it was a couple of set pieces I think corner kicks a couple of the Hamilton Ackies players get um, yeah. headers That that's where I think maybe there, there is a slight concern and I think that's where Lenny might look to go and strengthen and give the two guys that are in there just now a bit of competition because I don't think they've... Who's, who's there for backup now? Beaton. Is it? Aye, aye. So I, I think they'll need a, a bit of um, competition for places because I think when you've got competition you're on the ball in the games and you? you're looking at the sidelines and, and um, worrying that if you don't play well somebody's taking your place. What would you like to see happen, Kieran? Would you like to see the squad strengthen a bit? Yeah, maybe it's half, to be honest. Maybe somebody there with a bit of experience. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of games coming up. We've still got finished the Scottish Cup for last year. He's got the Cups this year. First Champions League qualification as well. And just one re injury to set back the whole team for the season. And with the two centre halves, especially, I think. Charlie's available. I guess no, I'm there. Do you want Charlie back for a small He wants experience, not an old man. <laughs> what, are you 34? 34, aye. That's not old. It's all right, isn't it? That's all right. Still strutting his stuff for Blackburn Rovers, <laughs> and he will be in the, the English Championship this season. Kieran, thanks for your call. Uh, Kieran Cheers, on Kim. the Go Night. Radio football show, talking about the games are coming, and, and we'll speak uh, in a few moments uh, about Rangers' game tomorrow night. 5 to 6 it is in Germany. Uh, Bayer Leverkusen 3 1 down from the first leg. And of course, bizarrely, the first leg was five months ago. Uh, it seems absolutely incredible. We've got Ryan, who's a Rangers fan on the show next. Ryan, hello to you. Hi there. Hello. How are you? How you doing, uh, right? I'm not too, I'm not right. too bad. How are you? Good, thanks. You're through Barry and Charlie. Hi, uh, yeah. It's just a quick question for Barry. Um, so it's kind of like a double part question. Um, oh. What is... What, what is your best memory or your favourite memory in a Rangers jersey and what is your worst memory in a Rangers jersey? Good question. Um, probably my my favourite memory was, was obviously making my debut for a team that you obviously grew up supporting. So that was your your dream as a, a young boy and I managed to fulfil that. Um, obviously watching my brother play as well so that made it even... It made me even more determined to do that. Probably the worst memory was getting probably all the way in the EFA Cup final and not producing the performance or the performance uh, the performances sorry before the EFA Cup final were excellent and just when we got to that final we just couldn't, uh, couldn't produce that that final bit which was um, a real frustration not just for myself but um, for the, the full team so that's probably the, the biggest disappointment because you get to a EFA Cup final It'd have been unbelievable to just to lead the team up there and, and pick that trophy up. But listen, I, I said earlier on the show, I've got to be honest, we just didn't perform on the day. If I'm if I'm being truthful. Yeah, um, and if it's alright, if I can ask one more quick question. Go for it. 
Who is this, your favourite manager I've ever played under? You're putting me under pressure here. Um, <laughs> probably the the most that I learned, like tactically in the, in the game, would probably be Dick Advocate. That would be my answer. I, I learned so much. He gave, he put a lot of faith in me as a, a young man to come in and uh, put me straight into the, the central midfield and um, his training and all that sort of stuff. I, I learned so much off him. Aye. No, that's great. Thank, so thanks very much for answering. Just before you go, Ryan, what's your favourite memory of uh, Barry in blue? Um, it's, it probably is, to be fair, that like the uh, UEFA. Probably that as well, like watching that Europa. Sorry, watching watching the Europa. Um, the one you just mentioned there. Probably that. Um, still, kind of watch it back to this day. Kind of me and my dad. So. Um, it's kind of that same area and I'm Did I play Novot in front of Herbert Archibald? Do you know what? I've, <laughs> it's one thing I will say I've never watched that game back Really? Never right. watched it I never watched it back because you knew after it Rob You, you knew just sitting you knew on how the, it was going to end Yeah you just knew sitting on the pitch that I mean I never played particularly well and the boys just weren't we weren't at it it was a big disappointment um, and when you see that number of fans in the stadium and the number of fans that go down to Manchester to follow you you feel that you've let them down big time. Ryan, what do you think is going to happen tomorrow night in Germany? Um, I'm hoping we win. Um, I'm hoping we absolutely annihilate it, to be fair. But it's, it's high hopes. So I, I do hope we on the performance that we need to bring. So um, I'm a wee bit nervous, to be fair. I don't usually really feel nervous for for games and stuff like that. And especially like these games, like the past couple of games we've played um, in Europe, I've been really confident. So I'm a wee bit nervous for this one. And... and Ryan, thanks for your call on the Go Radio Football Show. Barry, what are your expectations about tomorrow night? It's going to be a, a tough one, there's no doubt. I mean, the game was four or five months ago, you just mentioned, Robin. I, I thought they were a, a very good team. I don't think they're a top quality team, if I'm being well, honest well, with I mean, you. Their, their last match was the German Cup final, yep. where they lost to Bayern. So. Yep. I mean, obviously, Bayern and, and Dortmund are the the two top teams in Germany they're a very good team with very good players look you never know in Europe look, they've not played for a number of weeks Rangers have had a few friendly games and obviously kicked off the season on Saturday against Aberdeen so look they've got to go over there with the mindset that they can they can win the game um, if they score first you never know what could happen Rob 3-0 they have to win they have to score at least three goals to win it uh, 3-0 gets them through Charlie but that's a big ask isn't it against the I, top team in Germany I can't see it to be honest to go to Germany and, and, and win 3-0 I just can't see it and of course Inter Milan playing Katafi tonight um, and Rangers were they to get through uh, would play the winners of that game next and that game's down from Monday they play St Mirren on Sunday how I does that work? it's crazy crazy Rob um, if they do manage which is going to be very difficult to get through how can you prepare 48 hours later for a, another tough European game? I, I don't think there's a lot of thought going into it, but well, they mid say a, a series virus, so they've got to fit the games in somehow. But it's going to be a tough one. What do you think Rangers are thinking about? The, is, is it in you know? I know it's a, a European tie. Is it a game Rangers could do without in many ways because of of the scoreline, because of the 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 fact that great games are getting crammed in here? No, I, I think the fact that the players have not played a lot of football for the last three or four months, Rob, I, I, I would be desperate to play as much as I, I, I could 
Um, three games a week, no problem. The way players are looked after and the way they look after themselves, they can handle that. So, look, every game you enter, you've got to go in with the mindset as you've got to try and win it. Barry, thank you very much. Charlie, um, good to have you on the show. Will you come back and see us sometime next time you're I on, definitely the, on the road? I enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. Charlie McGrew, Barry Ferguson, Ali Defoy, Rob McLean on the Goat Radio Football Show. Jim Goodwin joined us, Ralph Douglas as well. We are lining up more star football guests for you tomorrow night. They will include Marvin Bartley, the Livingston skipper. And it all starts tomorrow night at 5 o'clock, 5 to 7, Monday to Friday, the Goat Radio Football Show. The Goat Radio Football Show. Let's go.